This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. Joining us today, once again from VidCon, where we recorded a handful of biscuits, are Michael Gregory, Evan Gregory, and Sarah Fullen Gregory, three of the four founding members of the musical quartet, the Gregory Brothers, a band that's best known for their YouTube series, Auto Tune the News and Songify This. And uh, longtime friends of ours, mm -hmm. uh, which will become very clear as uh, you begin the biscuit with us. Uh, their YouTube channel known as Shmo Yoho, accent on the yo, was created back in 2006 by Michael. And I dug up some interesting stuff on there by sorting by oldest first. That's a little trick I'll let you in on. <laughs> oh, well, it's quite a trick, Link, the old sort button. <laughs> oh yeah, on YouTube. Uh, but it became the home for all things Gregory Brother thanks to Autotune and the presidential debate six years ago. Uh, since its start, the channel has racked up 2.5 million subscribers and over 680 million views. And a lot of those views are attributed to the success of their masterfully auto-tuned songifications where they digitally manipulate the voices of politicians, news anchors, other characters from viral videos to create these insanely catchy songs accompanied by a hilarious video, often that employs a lot of green screen and sometimes a guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they may not have invented the software for auto-tune. Uh, well, fact, I can they say they did not. They definitely did not. <laughs> but that was uh, somebody else. They can certainly be credited for making it the sensation it became back in 2009 and 2010. Um, I'm sure you remember the Charlie Sheen winning song, almost 57 million views today, and with 36 million views, the internet classic Double Rainbow Song. That's a whole rainbow man. But their most popular video of the day is the Bedroom Intruder song, which currently has 128 million views. And I know that you remember this one. He's climbing in your windows, he's snatching your people up, trying to rape them, so you need to hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband, because they're raping everybody out here. You don't have a call and confess, we're looking for you, we gon' find you, we gon' find you, so you can run and tell that, run and tell that, run and tell that, oh boy, oh, oh, oh boy. Now guys, that was the most watched video on YouTube, so I guess that means the planet, in 2010. Yeah, that's big. So of course, the success of their auto-tuning and songification skills has led them to various other projects, a lot of which we talked about in this Ear Biscuit. We had a great time sitting down with three of the four Gregories talking about the history of how they became magi music magicians. They're magicians? It's hard for me to say musicians especially when I'm fixated on magicians. <laughs> uh, how they became a band and a YouTube sensation. We talked about how Evan and Sarah met. Uh, we talked about how all of them met, which, right. which is by birth, many of Most them. Most of them met by birth. Um, what led the, to the creation of Auto-Tune the News and how their online success opened the doors for many other projects, like I said, uh, like making an Auto-Tune segment for the Oscars 
and creating the theme song for the TV show, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, so we enjoyed talking with the gentleman and the lady, and we think you'll enjoy this here, Biscuit. But first, uh, we wanna take a moment to let you guys know about our Song Biscuits animated series. You remember Song Biscuits, where we collaborated with other YouTubers to create songs based on your suggestions. We well, should have had the Gregory Brothers on that, but it didn't work out. It didn't that'll, work out. that'll have to be for season two. Yeah, we'll bring it back at some point. But what we have done is we picked some of our favorite Song Biscuits from that series and partnered with uh, some of our friends Fred, over at Frederator yep. uh, to get some of their animators to bring these to life in animated form. So uh, we're doing that on Saturdays on the Good Mythical Morning channel, so make sure you check those out. But now, let's get on with the biscuit. How often does that happen? Do you show up somewhere <laughs> okay. and it's like some news thing and they're like, can you sing our like call sign or whatever? Oh yeah, we've sung literally we've sung every like time. Three, th- three call signs today, just today. Yeah, <laughs> just to, serious. Yeah, mostly for like serious. kids in our signing <laughs> kids in our signing line who are like, my YouTube channel is called Oh you wow. know, Bobby McGee Productions, and or, you grant this request. You're that nice. Oh yeah, we love sure, doing of course. that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. What we don't grant is when someone is like, so have you auto tuned your baby crying yet? <laughs> 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 Why not? Now you have to answer the question you just made fun of because I really want to know. <laughs> the answer well, is no, we you're, haven't you're yet. You're thinking about it, though. Yet. You're thinking about it. So where's Andrew? He's missing. Great question. Andrew is on his honeymoon. He's just been oh, married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Andrew well, got married this where's last week. Where's he honeymooning? Weekend. Costa Rica. Oh, the Costa Rica. We went to the Rica coast. Pura I have been to the Costa Rica. He's probably learning to surf or something. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, we're finally getting you guys on in your biscuit. I, I mean, it's we, we see each other. We've been friends for so long. It's just been a question of when are we all going to get together? And now Andrew's missing out. And that, you know what? Yeah, if he, if he wants loss, to be married man. and yeah. honeymoon instead Whatever. of be here. I know. Then so be it. He always Andrew. has the lamest excuses. Uh, we'll be rubbing this in for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk about the the first meeting. Let's reminisce on this thing. Oh so, my gosh, great idea. Okay. My, uh, so Michael, you're gonna have to help oh, me figure out great... how this works. And then there's the there's the initial thing about what we did once we got there with the recording. You 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 remember that? So I want to talk I, about that. I will remember. But oh once yes, we get, yeah. Oh, once we get yeah, there, now I'm remembering a lot. So. I think I reached out, I don't know how, I like sent an email that was like, you guys were auto-tuning the news and it was amazing and somehow we started talking, right? Yeah, on, yeah. On email. Yeah, and I can't remember what email was up like at the time, but I must have had the email up in the videos or something and then we were emailing each other. I tracked you down in like the, the channel pages. section, like <laughs> channel yeah. information uh-huh. email thing. Right. Because I was like on this kick that's like, if I really like somebody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find him. And we were going to New York for seven, eight, nine, July eighth, two thousand nine. Right. YouTube gathering, and so I was like, "We're going to New York. That's where the Gregory brothers are. So let's make this happen." And you guys helped me out because I was new to the YouTube, so I didn't even know that existed. So otherwise, I would have missed the whole thing. I was like, "Oh, there's a seven, eight, nine. I, right. I, I, I was. But so you had to agree to meet us first, which was like true. We had never like. I had never like cold called a YouTuber, cold emailed a YouTuber and been like, hey, let's, I really like what, what you're doing, let's meet. <laughs> On the corner of 156th. Yeah. I, re- right. I, I, I remember feeling this sense of 
there was I was taking it like an emotional risk in sending the email. I mean, I don't think we had been cold called ever before, really. So we were we were feeling the same thing. We had jitters, butterflies. It you was know, a weird experience. Yeah, and for and we had just gotten our first iPhones. Whoa. And yeah, one of the features on the iPhone was the voice memo thing. Revolutionary. And I just remember the first time we ever recorded a voice memo. I was like, it sounds so clear. The audio's so good. We could be like, and then Rhett was like, he's, he pitched this idea to me. He was like, we could be like NPR, just using the the voice memo on it, my phone. Because it sounds like NPR. And we're like, well, we're going to New York. We're going to New York, and what we're going to do is instead of like doing video, I mean, how stupid would that be to like <laughs> we do video? We actually thought it was a great idea we're to gonna like not have, vlog, but just to record audio. Have audio vignettes, and we would like take a picture and then like have the audio on our website. And yeah. so the first ever interview we did was- Download that. We met, and then we went to- your our house. Oh, it came up to our apartment. We had nachos or something. We had. Uh huh. We we had that. Um. What was that? We had that beer with the clam sauce in it. What's michelada. That? Michelada. Yeah. I'd never heard of that. Never oh, had yeah. it since. Well, you got a good memory, really? like man. Like Tecate beer. Yeah. With what? We were <laughs> tomato juice. For some reason, when we made nachos, we were like committing to a full Mexican theme on the dinner or something. <laughs> so we yeah. got to get the clam beer. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. it's like it's uh, it's it can be different things, but I think the basic michelada is tomato juice and Worcestershire. Is that right? I thought there was clamato. Maybe we yeah, put it was clamato a, it was like in it. Clamato and chili pepper in your beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was totally wrong. And tecate. And tecate. And so we drank some of that. At your 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 round table there. Yes. I mean, you do you remember this? Yes. I I do. You're painting the picture. I totally I'm, do. I'm, I'm making this up. It. Am I, I making the, this up, man? It was really cute. I remember it being. We put really the phone. Cute. We like sat around the little family table. And we interviewed you just and, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like <laughs> Wait, this. Wait, I don't remember was, the interview at all. But I just it was an iPhone. Nachos it was just guys. an iPhone. I what think did we talk about? I think there was a little bit of like, how do you auto tune? Uh-huh. And there was a little bit of like talking shop, and then there was. I like, recently found it. Um, oh, oh, for real? Oh my gosh! It's still it's online. It's like on a no, but I recently found it like in my like voice memo playlist. <laughs> really? Yeah, because really? it's like you know six years. You know, it never goes phone. away. It just keeps passing along. You know, <laughs> it just goes from phone to phone. And so it doesn't. It's not stories. labeled. It just says like. Seven, July seventh or July eighth, whatever day that it was. Right, my memo thirteen. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, that, this is when we were in their kitchen talking to him. And then afterward, we went, we went to watch Bruno, oh, <laughs> which just came out. Oh, it was Sasha, probably opening weekend. Wow, Sasha Baron Cohen's follow up. Really to, blocked that out. What was the <laughs> Borat? Borat was great. It was like groundbreaking. And yep. then this was like his follow up a few years was, later. Yeah. It was. And a, Total date, I remember. Yeah, I remember. like yeah, we did. Di- we made you. We made you guys dinner, and then we Took went to a movie. movie. It's a full date experience. Yeah, it was a group date. <laughs> but there was a scene in the movie where it's like a, it's like a full on close up of a penis. Yeah, just dangling and wagging, yeah. wagging, and it started speaking. Yeah, it oh, points right. at you and then starts speaking. Yeah, yeah. and. <laughs> that's quite a first date. It is. You uh. you don't want to see that on a date, especially unexpected. every time I look at you guys, I see that penis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like it's like a date number three movie. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where you've already established an atmosphere of mutual respect and affection for penises. Yeah, uh, right, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's something you have to sort of work your way up to. <laughs> I mean, thanks to that choice, 
I Google, is there a talking penis in this before I see any movie now? Right. Sure. Yeah, Thanks yeah, to yeah. you well, guys. Well, it's on Kids in Mind. There's the talking penis section. Like right. com- Common Sense Media will tell you that, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that a plug? That's a spoiler you're willing <laughs> to find out about. Yes. About a movie. <laughs> yes. I Re- want required to find out. I about have that. to know when to close because my eyes. Because actually, <laughs> not being spoiled is the spoiler. If you, it would spoil the movie if yeah. you actually yes. showed up and didn't know you were going to get a penis to the face. But but we remain friends. <laughs> yeah. Right. Despite it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I we'll loved have, it. We have to recreate that evening. I, you haven't made nachos in a while. Actually, it's, we're we're overdue for great. Some nachos. Done. Rhett and Link. Are you guys still in the nachos. same place? Great. Uh, no, we were there for several years. We moved. We're still in Brooklyn, um, just still in the same neighborhood. All of us live in Brooklyn. Somehow we landed a three-bedroom apartment in like the, one of the coolest neighborhoods in Brooklyn, and I think the landlord, it was just one of these situations where he like, kind of forgot he owned this property, I He think. got confused. Yeah, and then eventually, like years after we'd been in there at the same price point forever he like was like oh wait a minute he remembered we lived there yeah. and then raised the rent like crazy and we're like okay bye uh, yeah just you know just some new york real estate talk for you <laughs> you new yorkers love to talk about we real do. estate like well, rent yeah well we like to talk about traffic yeah we talk about traffic That's you true. talk about rent Right? That's true. Yeah. And you know what? Like, is the LA traffic that much worse than New York traffic? You're getting us to, you want us to talk about it? No, let's not talk about let's it. I just mean, it, but, you but shouldn't yes. talk about it because no, New York you, is just as bad. But you don't have to get into the New York traffic if you don't want That's to. That's a good point. That's, That's a good point. You're, you right, you're, right, 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 you're right. You can't right. avoid it. You can't avoid it in LA. So That's you got to talk about it. Yeah, you're right. That and the weather, which is always the same, which is weird that we talk about it. Right. That weather is still the same. Yeah. So if I'm continuing to track our friendship before we get in anything anyone else will be interested in. Right. Um, to me, the next defining point in our uh, internet meets real life friendship is probably VidCon number one. Yeah. Because it was in Beverly Hills. It was in LA at and the then Century, they, Century they, City. Yeah. They had the attached um, mall, like outdoor mall with the rock sugar. Yes. Where oh, yeah. we had dinner. some sushi sugar. together. We sure did. And the, um, at, at some point, either year one or year two, because it became a, a semi tradition, mm-hmm. the wives were there. Oh, yeah. Well, you, I mean, you're, you're a wife and you're there. Sarah. Yeah, but I was but so happy to have some other wives in the party. Yeah, so like, <laughs> right. we really yeah. took it to the other level yep. when Good. like the wives showed up. Yeah, we don't even bring them to VidCon anymore. It's well, still... they elect not to come. Yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with what <laughs> yeah, they're not willing. Do they're not willing do. to come. Right. We'll do it. I got to. Once we were all going out to eat at Rock Sugar after VidCon, it felt very date-like, and I felt we were in a long-term courtship. <laughs> We are, aren't we? We are a little what, bit. What is this distance, all leading so. to? <laughs> Red and Link, will you marry us? No. Okay. Well, we can, we can we can turn that into this, possibly, or we can go back. We can go back to the beginning of the the Gregory family because you can talk about Andrew at length because he's not here to defend himself. Exactly. That's one thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But so, so we're talking about what growing up in Virginia, Radford, right? Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, good memory. Yeah, uh, Michael and me and Andrew were all actually in real life, real brothers. Were. Uh, were until we started working together. <laughs> <laughs> then we legally severed the brother relationship. <laughs> and is that, is that, that's all the siblings? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so 100. It's not, like, it's not like the Peyton family and there's like one brother that's like, yeah, I'm not part of this. Right. You know, or the Manning family, not the Peyton family. The Manning family. Yeah, well, yeah, he tri- he name. was part of it. He was right, but yeah, he, yeah. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent of us three brothers are in the YouTube business. 
Um, Sarah married me, and now it's the four of us. But um, what the heck are we talking about? Radford, Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Going you, back to the beginning. Were you like a singing ensemble at a young age? Wasn't there something with the parents taking you guys on the road with like playing spoons and something? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that yeah, spoon playing I can picture session. it right now. It's we partridge ne- family type stuff. Oh, totally. We, I mean, our our parents are not professional musicians. They're teachers, but they're both very musical. So there was always music around the house. Now we're three years apart each. So it's three years from me to Andrew, three more years to Michael. So that's family planning. When you're like ten and your youngest brother's four, you're not going to be like singing in the same ensemble for for a while but there was a point at which our parents did start pimping us out as a like family band and we'd go sing at like the local lions club or you know stuff like that really right it's not like we were going pro trying to sing you know at theater we yeah we were singing for friends at uh at clubs but what were you what were you singing uh i remember i remember a performance of in the jungle and when i'm 84 for a friend's birthday (laughs) 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 was this along with like a cassette tape playing or was this like no no we brought (laughs) instruments oh dad would be strumming the acoustic guitar for sure yeah family band i love that yeah oh and i remember when we played at that club this one time he we would get our pitch from a tuning fork and you know (laughs) when you hit the tuning fork and it goes when you like hold it against your forehead or really close to your ear yeah yeah but if you don't listen to it really close the first tone you hear is actually just really high pitched and it's completely different pitch it's probably like as far away as you can get like let's if if the 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 correct pitch is like an a it's like a d or something really and so i still remember getting what you're supposed to do with it you're supposed to hold a tuning fork against an instrument like a guitar that resonates and then you can clearly hear a pitch but if you don't know that, then you're just holding it up in the air, and it's playing a completely different note. So we had this disaster at a early family uh, performance where there's like three of us children waiting for Dad to give us the note so we can start singing or whatever. <laughs> and like three times in a row, he would go like, "Bing!" You know, the note we need is like, "Ooh," or something completely <laughs> different. And he's like, "Okay." And then we would start the song within like five seconds. Is an utter train wreck. Oh yeah, we so cut good. off. And, you know, the only piece of information we needed was hold the fork against the guitar. And that would have fixed everything. Dad didn't know that. Yeah. Or just like have a harmonica. Yeah. Eventually it was like, we're just not getting this, (laughs) but it's too embarrassing. It's too embarrassing to start over again. We're actually going to sing through the whole thing in this awful key. That is awesome. Yeah, we could handle the singing and the guitar playing, but not the tuning fork. <laughs> <laughs> for all, of you, all of you listening who are currently misusing the tuning fork, <laughs> as I would be doing, because I didn't know yeah, about this yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, There's yeah. not enough room to put instructions on it. Yeah, True. right? Yeah. Well, now you, you would have an app them. for that. Yeah, now we'd have the iPhone yeah. playing the ocarina yeah. on it. Right. <laughs> but you still have to put that against your guitar, right? <laughs> or not. The app? Yeah. I don't know. So. so musical f- from pretty early on, uh, and I mean, what was the, was it like, oh, this is kind of an obligation, this is what we're doing, especially with the, the three-year difference, you're six years older, you know, you're the oldest, right? Yeah. And you're the youngest, Andrew's the middle. So it's like, you know, I, I see how my kids interact being five years apart. It's like, they they love being together, but it's just like in not certain, a lot of peace. In certain uh, social settings, there's like this embarrassment of each other, or just like, well, you know, this isn't this isn't cool. Was was that happening? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, we we always got along to a certain extent, and then you have rivalry over like um, you know different things that are going on at home, music or or whatever. But I I can't say there was a lot of rivalry around music because of age difference. You know, it's like you're at 
different levels studying right. the piano or guitar singing or, or whatever and and we would just kind of as a stunt play in the family band or do you know piano recitals together or whatever we weren't really collaborating as peers until we got to be more like college age okay. and everybody's kind of come into their own musical own mm-hmm. basically and people are starting to write music or perform themselves and then um, we started to collaborate together a little bit more so if I'm going to backtrack from like the auto tune the news breakout uh when did that were you at michael were you out of college when that happened yeah i graduated and was interning and came up with it at the time okay so if we if we back up from that you how were you guys married no the in fact i guess to back up uh from auto tune the news which kind of broke out in 2009 but the but the premise for the series had been started by michael the previous fall in 2008 really the first time we ever worked together as a quartet was the year before in 2007 where as a quartet we went on tour just as a band and uh, we're performing uh our own original music andrew had come out with his own like folk album basically and sarah uh-huh. had an ep of soul music and how did how did you two meet sarah and i met in brooklyn just um i met her when she was singing backup for another friend like at a music venue in in brooklyn just at a so bar. you you moved to new york first yeah it was just like right out of school yeah or within a year maybe yeah and it was and what was the first it was to to be a musician i mean in theory that's the hope it's like oh i, I would i would love to try to do uh music i want to be yeah like a music degree i had a music degree i also had a degree in computer science but i, I was like we grew up in a small town let's try a different environment where I can meet musicians that are like, that are really doing it and, and just try to get in the game a little bit. But I didn't have a job when I moved there and no game plan other than what I just very poorly articulated. So I had a terrible year of, of just like trying to grab gigs here and there. Um, what kind of gigs? What do you mean? uh, I directed a children's choir for a while on Staten Island. That's a terrible idea. I, (laughs) I uh, what I sang. That sounds lead. like a movie in and of itself. I was you know twenty three or twenty four or whatever. I sang lead in a classic rock cover band where every other member of the band was forty five. <laughs> oh my goodness! And what? we would play dive bars. How did you, know, you get that week. job? Was that like answering, like pulling off one of those paper tabs in like a restroom <laughs> somewhere? Well, I, I um, that gig, the classic rock gig, came about because I was playing drums in a musical production of Godspell and the guitar player in the pit orchestra was like, hey, you want to come over? My band jams at this bar after practice. Come on come on over. And I went over and then they found out I could sing and it just ended up you know, being that and we started doing gigs every weekend. What, what was your signature cover? You're as cold oh. as ice! Oh, God, like one so of those many, man. Classic rock? Um, yeah, classic rock. You know, we... Uh, all right now, baby, it's all right now. You yeah, sounded 45 right there. I'm going to wait till the midnight <laughs> hour. You know, all, the, all, you know, all that stuff. Just, scream, just screaming it out. Just belting oh. a little bit. Beatles, Stones, whatever. Uh, I, I did that. get one weird gig in those days when I was kind of taking anything I could get from literally what you said, a pull tab on a flyer. <laughs> Back in like the pre-Craigslist days of like paper flyers on a boarded up store where I pulled the number and I called it and it was just like, vocalist needed. You're like, I'm you a know? vocalist. So yeah. Sarah, you like rescued this guy. Well. Just how did it happen? 
Because you were doing your own music yeah. thing in well, New York as well. I, where, where are you from? You Did I'm you pull his paper tab? <laughs> a little bit. He was like, I need a vocalist. Um, I grew up in Texas and went to school in Dallas and um, moved to New York to pursue a career in acting. Oh. I did one show. I was cast in one show in New York. Which and was? And I was like, I don't think that's for, this is for me. Measure for measure. Oh, of course. I know nothing of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking theater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Measure for measure. Measure for measure. Um, and uh, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, uh, I, I, had, I would have always done music as well. And so I was getting a lot more work as a musician than a actor and so i just kind of transitioned into that and that's sort of where evan evans and my world overlapped well what was the moment you know was there is there an epic story a lot of moments realizing you were singing in harmony without you know (laughs) intending to why what was it we met through a bunch of mutual friends and immediately i was like oh i was dating another guy at the time and i was like man bummer because that guy evan is like the guy the kind of guy i've always wanted to be with but oh well (laughs) i'm in this other relationship and that went on for like a year Oh wow! <laughs> so we were just friends, and um. And Did then, you know this guy, Evan? Yeah, yeah he's sure. a great guy. Yeah, wonderful guy. Great dude. Not the guy for me. I'm not the girl for him. So anyway, I realized that eventually, and then uh, switched. To Evan that. and I, Evan and I got together, and then I moved away from New York. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've had it. So I moved back to Texas, and Evan just like made it work. Long distance, so yeah. you moved to Texas too. Uh, no, the first yeah first year of our relationship was long distance. At, at the time, I had like kind of failed to make the music thing work full time. I was still playing in bands nights and weekends, but I had taken a job doing computer stuff, and basically I would just scam the game where we would have like a. I worked in New York, but say there was a meeting in Chicago or something like that. Oh, okay, they're going to fly me to Chicago. What if my return trip just accidentally went to Texas? Whoops. Uh, yeah, long layover. Yeah, like a, like a 10-day layover. <laughs> I don't know. There's something weird. With yeah. a, there's a storm. Flight <laughs> traffic, so, uh, something or other. I don't know. How did I end up here? So I basically just worked that ankle super hard for about nine months and would visit Sarah, you know, once, twice a month or something. Um, and I'd say... That pretty much kept our relationship alive. And true. And, and then right from there, we went on tour with his brothers. Because okay, yeah. m- meanwhile, as you guys were sorting out who you were as people, mm-hmm. Michael, you were at App State. Just a little baby. Like Boone, North Carolina. Yeah, and Boone, North Carolina. There's things that pop up. Like I try to start piece to, piecing together from like the YouTube channel what's like still up there very early on. Like, <laughs> like this whole, oh, who's this like, okay, Nerdy dude with like a big fanny pack doing like rapping like Tupac <laughs> and Twista on a stage. This is at App State. These videos on your YouTube channel. I thought I hit all those. <laughs> how did you how did you find this? Still <laughs> we it's found still at least one. <laughs> and there was like there was that. There was an American Idol audition thing or was that real? Oh, yeah, the, that, yeah, that re- wouldn't be on my happen? channel, but yeah, that actually happened. Two yeah. out of three Gregory brothers have been on American Idol. It's true. It, and you took the like. Well, who's the second? Uh, all right. Who was first? Well, Evan was first. So you you went in to, uh, for an audition on American Idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in and was pre- it sincere? Uh oh yeah, totes, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was actually season two. So the the 
show had only been on the air for one year oh, wow. and it broke huge that yeah, year. Yeah, that right? year. Very good at producing stars at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were uh, one for they were one for one, one with for Kelly one. Clarkson at uh, that time. Well, one for two if you count Justin. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was I was big into that season too. Sure. So, but I don't. I mean, I didn't know you at the time. I guess, but you you were on. They if showed you, your audition as part of the show. Yeah, I went to Hollywood. The whole thing. Oh, yeah. really? Did yeah, yeah. they didn't show that audition though, right? I mean, um, they're just so there. There are more people than they can show, but Evan legit made it. Yeah, you can see, yeah, in the Hollywood episode, you see me just like flashes here and there, but I didn't go on from Hollywood, so it's like they didn't invest in my storyline or, or whatever, okay. but you can you can see me in those episodes. It was but the season was your, with Clay and Ruben. What was your audition, um, your your song, your your live audition? I sang a, f- a few because really what they hide on the show s- somewhat is that there's like five rounds to get to Hollywood. You know, what you see is the encounter with Simon and Paula, but you've already been screened through four auditions at that point Mm -hmm. so that they're getting the people they want on TV in front of the celebrity judges. So, um, and now I can't even remember all the different things that I I was saying. There's like, at least, you you know, first you're in like a cattle call with 10,000 people and right. you walk up to the front of the line and some producers and they're, and they're like okay go and you you sing for like 20 seconds and then they literally turn around and give a thumb up or thumb down gladiator style to like a security person behind you <laughs> and you either just like you either get fall through the floor you're or- done or you get a bracelet and you get to go back like a day God, later the to bracelet. the next thing. Oh and God, then like you're nice... singing for like an executive producer or, or whatever. And you have the like tag that looks like you're in a marathon on your shirt. So or what whatever. was your song? So anyway, by the time I made it to the celebrity judges, I was singing Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Still playing um, that old man bit. Playing the old man bit. <laughs> singing soulful, the, soulful. Oh, man, they love the oldies on American it's the, Idol. It's yeah. a great yeah. shtick because Evan looks like he's 13. And he's singing yeah, and like, like an old black man. Look at this old yeah. soul. Uh-huh. I'd say the the greatest part of it for me was this is a in a pre YouTube pre Rick Roll era, and Simon Cowell compared me to Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was pre, but that's still pretty awesome. Evan, you got to do your impression. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, you finish singing or whatever, um, and. They they kind of took turns. Uh, Randy was like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty good, dog, pretty good, pretty good. And then Paula Abdul goes, um, two thumbs up all the way. <laughs> and and Simon Cowell's like, well, you you remind me of you remind me of Rick Astley. You don't have quite as good a voice as he does, but you remind me. <laughs> of <him." laughs> I think Classic. it was basically the I look younger than I sound idea. That was the basis for a comparison. And the trench coat. Yeah, and, and that, I was wearing a trench coat, didn't hurt. and I did a backflip off the wall. Evan, yeah. Evan took a chain link fence into his audition. You remind me of someone. Who is it? <laughs> but Michael, with yours, I, I, I think I've seen it. I don't know if it's. I don't think we've talked about it. I just think I've seen it on YouTube. And you but took I a, thought diff- it a was different a angle. joke. A different yeah. angle. <laughs> At the time, I had this character that might have been on the channel. The guy wearing the, the huge fanny pack, yeah. a yeah. fanny pack that can like pack like two lunches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, singing Akon, which like at the time was a hit. It was like, I want to love you. I see you winding and grinding 
up on that floor i know you see me looking at you you already know i wanna love you now this would not be a very novel character but at the time i was like oh man this care i gotta bring this troll character yeah <laughs> to yeah. prime time <laughs> 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 and somehow it made it on <laughs> but you got you got nixed right off the bat yeah, well, ac- actually, this is another secret. I mean, not so secret now, but I didn't actually meet the judges. But on the show, as long as you're in the room, they can cut you against the judges. Right, and you, you mm. montaged. You made right. a montage. So I was talking to, like, the other, the producer, Simon, what's his head, and a montage with somebody else. Nigel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah ah. I don't know if it was Nigel or another Simon. There so, is another, but yeah. you did appear on the show, even though you didn't meet the judges, and then they edit it so it looks like you're going, I see you one, and then just cuts to a reaction shot of Randy going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta were, love yeah, it, man. They were actually kind of generous with the reactions, because sometimes what they do, and I actually saw it in that same episode with some other, like, poor guy, like, I don't think he this actually happened with the judges, but they just cut to a reaction of a guy saying, you suck or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, obvious that they were just, like, feeding that to, like, a camera or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then then editing it later. <laughs> that was you you uh you left you had you you your callback was during our tour. So oh, I remember yeah. like we took a few days off from our tour and you were like you had to flo- fly to Atlanta? Is that where your callback was? Yeah, very important appointment. Yeah, no it was and <laughs> I remember I going through Dwayne Reed with you or whatever and, and like trying to find the perfect glasses for the audition. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So you guys were on tour. So you had graduated by this point. Uh, so you not, guys were, not really. I was still in school, but you almost, were kind yeah, of, almost. You were almost there. Let's just say you were. No, but, but you guys <laughs> had basically already established that hey, we're we're the Gregory Brothers band at that point. Yeah, so like, basically. What, yeah. How, how did well, it, how grew, did it grew into it over happen. the course of that tour? It started out it was like Andrew's album and Sarah's record, and they're going out as two bands, and me and Michael are kind of playing, backing them up, and we're. And then by the end of the tour, we were a one we, unit. We booked like we over the whole show. The whole tour was like fifty dates, fifty gigs, and we had booked like oh, wow. we booked like the first you know fifteen to twenty or whatever as two acts: Andrew Rose Gregory and Sarah Fullen, and mm-hmm. and then we were just each other's backing bands. And after repeated dates, where like we would show up to the venue and they'd be like, oh, thank God, I'm so glad you're here, Andrew, but we're still waiting on the other band. I have no idea where they are. They're supposed to open for you. And we're like, oh, no, that's us. Yeah, the, the other band is, is us, us and we change instruments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then eventually we were like, this is too many words. Let's just be the Gregory Brothers. But there was this like YouTube schmo yoho thing that was like, percolating over here on the side and was that like at this point just a michael thing like i'm just doing this on the side during the tour yeah yeah because you would start you had had some uh some locally viral hits like what like in what? boone so you you started a youtube channel own. you called it schmo yoho nobody knows why i'm sure i still don't know why you don't <laughs> it, i was like this will be genius i'll get all the google search results <laughs> no, one, no one will ever choose the name Shmoyo. you just made it up <laughs> yeah and because what were you seeing on youtube that you did you have videos that you wanted to put up there or were you observing something on youtube that you wanted to be a part of like uh a little of both. I mean, lots of the stuff on YouTube at the time that I had seen was just stuff like ripped from MTV because that's like before the the big Viacom rift where they were like pulling stuff uh, down. Uh-huh. So I was just like, oh, look, like I can watch an episode of Ali G. Now upload a music video about this local park. Why not? 
Uh, so right. yeah, the the local locally viral video they're referring to is this video called Jimmy Smith Park, which is just about a park in Boone, North Carolina. That is like how how big would you well, say? Well, it has it this is? huge I mean, sign. It's, it's, no, it's, it's no bigger than this room. Yeah, it's like the Basically. size of it's like twice as room. big as this room. Maybe. Which for listeners is not very big. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a hotel room. We'll, we'll, put, we'll, we'll post a picture. Yeah, it has yeah, a huge labeled. sign, you know, like way bigger than this ear biscuit sign. If you laid the sign down, it would comprise the whole park. Pretty much. Yeah. It was this huge, yeah, like etched. How do you make that locally sign. viral? I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like I guess every, just... every Boone student watched it. I think that that's yeah. right. You, you wrote a song about oh, what I mean, was it? the park. Yes. Yeah, it was a musical yes. called Jimmy Smith Park. Yeah, oh, it was an ode. It was, it was an ode to the park. Let's sing it. Yeah. No, yeah, please. Three rocks, three benches, smiling at me, a copper visage. Jimmy Smith Park. Jimmy Smith Park. Jimmy Smith Park. That was great. Uh, lots of leaps, yeah. like very yodely. Oh, gosh. Okay, I want to go it. there I real bad. I'm clicking mentally right now on that, and then, I'm sharing it. I just noticed, like, last year I was getting, like, a lot of, like, like a little bit of hate from that video, and then I clicked on the video. I was like, what happened about Jimmy Smith Park? And then it was a bunch of commenters that thought I was making fun of a famous organist named, like, Jimmy Smith. What? <laughs> I was like, whoa, views, what happened? Views any way you can get them. You know, never <laughs> deny any sort of traction we can get on the internet. <laughs> but what about space creatures from the future? What oh, space people. Oh, yeah. people from the future? Man, you guys are going deep. This is awesome. Yeah. Space people from the future, engineering, global warming. Space people from the future, assassinating Abraham Lincoln. No, I remember when we showed up there to meet you. I was like, I it the auto tune thing. I was like, this is genius. This is awesome. Showed it to Red. I was like, I'm sending an email. I'm gonna fanboy a little bit. But then I was like, but then we dug a little deeper. Listen to the other songs, original songs. Yeah. Um. So you just had these things that you were kind of creating. Was this just you? Were you guys collaborating on any songs? Yeah, not mostly. No, except Space People from the Future. I think Michael was composing while we were on tour, mm -hmm. so he'd bounce a few things off of us. But he was recording it, producing it. And what was, I mean, what was the vision at the time? It was just like, okay, I'm going to try to make something go viral on the internet. Like, wait. I guess the the main goal with that one was just to sing about Space People from the Future. It was and just so it was you're like, just having fun. Right. Yeah, there was no like real hook, like viral hook, you know, that was like very like trendy or newsy. Because yeah. you, because it was uh, it was before the day where it, everything is so calculated now where if you're in a band, you think about the mm -hmm. viral thing you can do to draw attention back to the to the real project, right? right? So it wasn't it wasn't that mentality. It was more just like, "Hey, we're trying to do this thing as a band." But I'm gonna have some fun on the internet at the same time. Yeah, and I was just learning to edit and record, so that was like me experimenting with a bunch of stuff, all the split screen stuff and green right. screening, and and waving a keytar around, and waving a keytar. Did around. you actually play the keytar in that, or did you just wave it around? Probably just waved it around. Oh, okay. Because what? Because this is an expose. Because what were you doing <laughs> as a band Ouch. at the time? Was there, was there? What kind of music were you singing as a band? Was there comedy in that? Uh, I mean, I would say. Most of the songs had a sense of humor about them, but they weren't comedy songs. It was straight, you know. It was like it was mostly um, Andrew's music, which is very like folk, mm -hmm. set in sort of a 
in sort of a soul Motowny kind mm-hmm. of way. And then all the stuff that I was writing was like kind of soul stuff. So, um, you know, just four white kids singing soul. <laughs> <laughs> right. How you do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there were a few, you know, like Evan and I wrote a song called Butter on My Roll that was basically just like a goofy love song. And so there was there was cleverness to it, but it definitely was not intended to be like a com- comedic viral thing or whatever. But then auto-tune. So give us the background on that. Like um, the skills that lined up in order to like physically make that happen. Because there's, yeah, I, I mean, there's like Akon has got the signature auto-tune sound pre-T-Pain, I think, right? About the same time? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like power to the people. Everybody's, you could get an auto-tune plug-in. But what were, you, what were you doing when you, that you started playing around with this stuff? So at the time, I was interning uh, at the studio in Hell's Kitchen in New York. And, uh, I mean, we use the technology on everybody, whether you want it detectable or not, whether they're a great singer or not, just because it was, like, part of the style. You know, at the time, I guess, 2009, it wasn't only, like, to be undetectable. Sometimes people just wanted the effect. Because all the T-Pain songs were really popular. Akon was really popular. Now you'll hear that some, but it's mostly, like, a little bit more hidden. And, I mean, pretty much everybody has used it in pop since, like, the end of the 90s. Yeah. yeah. But people didn't really know about it until, like, 2009 when it, like, yeah, share. And then especially in, like, 2009-ish when it got really popular. Well, it's weird that now in hip-hop, it's, they use it to actually make them sound worse, if you ask me. (laughs) I mean, it sounds cool, but it's like... uh, Like that Kanye Kanye song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. He totally messes with it. I mean, it's it's a complete, you know... Stylistic, like, uh, uh, like the one about the, I'm blowing up the club on a Tuesday. Like that, you know that song? I don't know that one. Well, that one's horrible. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's like it's, good. it's like auto detune. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, uh, Little so, Wayne has used it like that a lot, uh-huh. and it's kind of cool how sometimes it it sounds almost like atonal. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you okay? So you were, this was this was part of what was happening, and you were in the studio. So in the studio doing that a lot and. Uh, I think at the time I was doing some more topical YouTube videos or, or one in particular that was around the 2008 debates and it was a musical. Why? And really for no reason except I thought that, I always thought that news and politics were funny. Just the kind of like the messaging like around the around the election season is always like so basic even though it, it always felt like we should be voting on like really like high level platform stuff, but instead you're just talking the, about like the most basic like did do can you believe that that guy didn't like wear a flag tie? Right. You know, like that's like that, that, that's the things you're talking yeah. about. Even though you should be talking about like oh like what what are their tax policies or whatever. Yeah. That I always I always just thought that was funny. So I did a musical that was like in the debate, but it didn't have any of that kind of auto tuning in it, and it did really well surprisingly. So what, what was it? It was it was footage that was just kind of like rhythmically. So it was footage of the debate. I took Obama out and put myself in, and uh, so it was me, McCain, and the moderator, and just sang a musical, and it did surprisingly well. And I was like, "Oh, let's follow it up," but it'll be boring if it's every week, every debate. It's just me like singing, singing oh, okay. at people. Right. You got to sing with people. I was like, this this technology I'm using at the studio is so powerful. I mean, if it can make non singers sing. It can make especially non-singers sing, people that right. are speaking, you know? Yeah. 
and that had not been done. You had not seen that anywhere. Uh, I had. I mean, it it probably had been toyed with around the same time, but I don't remember. But it was more just kind of recognizing that, like, this technology can accomplish a lot. Like, the, yeah, it, already, it can, that was so, the question. It can right? correct people so thoroughly that it could correct a speaker into. I was already making non-singers sing. Right, like, you were doing it anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. So, how easy was it once you got into it? Uh, it was pretty tough. I mean, you can hear like if you watch that first video, that would have been in at like the end of 2008 in our videos now that were way better. Oh, yeah. But we'd super lucked out because the first time I tried it was Sarah Palin and Joe Biden. And they're actually both like pretty good accidental singers. If, <laughs> yeah, if, I love that term. I love it because <laughs> I've heard you guys say that before, the accidental singer. Accidental singer. Yeah. An what, accidental what, writer, what I guess. What qualifies a good accidental singer? Uh, I think the sentence you just spoke was good accidental singing because it, it, it like held a pitch. It was supported by the breath. My voice is like mediocre right now. I, I feel like if you're speak like a low male mm-hmm. speaker has a disadvantage yeah. because women, mm-hmm. women and high male speakers women are and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because female and high and male voices have an advantage. Honestly, a good rule of thumb is: uh, Are you using your voice like us, like a singer would? And someone can be talking, but they could be talking like this, and they're projecting and uh-huh. using their full instrument. So sonically. A lot is happening that is already similar to singing, and so then it's just like a shorter trip to make mm-hmm. to match that person to a singing melody. Is it true that everything you say is technically a note? Like what I'm saying now, is it a note? If your vocal cords yeah. are vibrating, they're it's making a note, a note. Right? right? Or multiple notes. But if you're doing a gr- like a gravelly voice like this, I mean, that, I'm not it's making dirty. Notes it's right dirty. Now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's terrible accidental singing right yeah, there. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to do anything with that. And this, it, is, this is huge. I mean, you can't... Uh, maybe other Guys, people- this is going to be big. <laughs> <laughs> you should really invest in it. You realize this. <laughs> but that's my point. At the time, I mean, you're reluctant to say, I invented this, but if other people invented it at the same time in parallel, yes, but, I mean, you you didn't see someone else do it and you emulated it. You invented it. And that's pretty freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when we continue to trace everything that happened, it's it it reshaped the internet. Oh, I'm and blushing. If <laughs> <laughs> SoundCloud is turning red right now, it's, <laughs> it's me blushing. But it's it. Did, what did you have a sense of any of that? It's like. I had this. Well, you well, kind of stumbled the, into what was the it, but then when it sign? worked, yeah, when it worked, the first sign it's that like, like, oh, they're good at it. This is gonna, this is gonna work. Well, we, you know, Michael kept doing it, so you knew that. It but was when's the first time you heard enough. it? You know, when well, you that, heard it, was it was it VP debate in song and dance? It was out. You guys were doing something else, and then it was like Michael's like, I got this thing. It's on my channel. Well, you guys, you were already. I was just working a day job, but yeah, you were already well, helping. You know, during that whole time period, we've been playing together a lot as a band. We're spending tons of time together. We knew everybody's business and everybody's projects and stuff like that. And when Michael made the uh, video for the f- the first debate, we were loving. It. We were like, "This is so hilarious." Um, we, you know, we'd love to help out and the, like let's all let's all pitch in. So um, we worked overnight together on the VP debate and song and dance and like you know michael's working on the tuning and we're working on like the video montage or or whatever and that that helped um 
in the sense that like you know the debate airs at 8 p.m. or something then like collectively we're working on it overnight and it came out the next morning or something like that so we were kind of on board following Michael's lead from that point on and then trying to pick up different elements of the craft or kind of self-taught on the video side mm-hmm. so it was during that period that it felt like we we got an inkling of like something. oh oh people think this is interesting and and funny because they they would get views in like the realm of like a few thousand views or something, which is light years beyond whatever uh, we would do with, you know, live recordings of our band or whatever. Because that was part of the craft, right? Part of the craft was, and continues to be, but especially in the early days was the quick turnaround. So you have to tell us the process. You you watch the the footage, you decide on some theme that you're going to, kind of key in on and make the chorus out of or whatever. Uh, does this rhyme in a certain place? And then you, you got to come up with a melody. You know, like, what what goes into that? Yeah, it's, it's really tough because there's so many factors. It's, is this a good accidental singer? But then if everything they say is, like, super boring, then we might not include it. Or if somebody doesn't have a great voice, but everything they're saying is, like, super interesting or entirely crazy. Or like, oh, we have to include this. Um, so if you hit the jackpot and it's somebody that's like giving a very interesting speech and they're like the Beyonce of accidental singing, like Katie definitely going Couric, in. like Katie Couric, she was the greatest. Right. And that was like, the, she's I feel here like, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah, heard she was walking. She, I haven't seen her, but I've heard that she's here yep, with like she's a, wonderful. a child of hers or something. Who's actually, who's actually into this type <laughs> of internet stuff. I believe it. That's clicking with me now yeah. while she's here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and she, she was like, great. I feel like with that video, the first video we did with her, it felt like the one of the first times that we were crafting the song as yes. well as just making quick one And that was, yeah, that was Auto-Tune the News number two. And that was, I think, I mean, we obviously were enjoying the debate videos enough to keep doing them and enough for Michael to figure out how to sort of make this a recurring thing. So you coined Auto-Tune the News. And then with number two that was our first video to hit a million. And we were like, whoa. Pirates, drugs, gay marriage. This is a thing. Yep. And and that had a lot to do with uh, Michael finding that melodic hook in Katie Couric's voice. It wasn't just like snippets of notes here here and there. It's like it turned into a hook. And when that really landed, like people just started sharing it virally. That video broke out really big. With temperatures rising even faster, if we all don't take bold action and take it soon, we will find ourselves on very thin ice. Very thin ice. Very thin ice. Very thin ice. And so, okay, so these videos begin to get traction. And then when does the perspective shift from Okay, uh, Michael's got this thing going over here that now we're kind of contributing to to know this is what we're going to pursue. This is going to be the thing that we're all doing. It was that it was that video, right? Like I think you started pretty much working full time on yeah. your videos at that point. Yeah, after that video, it, yeah. it was it was we we all recognized that like we sh- should be like all trying to put energy into this and stuff like that. But the creator program didn't exist in its. Uh, current right. form then so there was no mechanism to be mm-hmm. like oh clearly we're going to make a living off this that's still a question mark but it was just like people are responding to this whether or not there's any money there let's try to make more fun stuff and there was pretty like traditional 
media feedback from it too. Like we went on the Rachel Maddow show and mm-hmm. um, so, and whatever. So there was you probably we started like, getting oh. some of the like auto tune for hire type stuff at that point, right? right. People hitting yeah, us up maybe. at their bar mitzvahs. Right, and so the, well, there yeah, exactly. Of, there was definitely a sense of like it's not like we're going to I'm going to be a YouTube partner. Uh, that was all new. I think that was new at the time. But yeah. I'm definitely going to suddenly be writing for jingles. But the, that was the, like my my dream job. Oh, Dag, I can write jingles now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cashing in. And there was a big piece of this was that um, Michael was working with Barely Political at the time. Oh, you were working. F- you were, Did you have a, a job there? Uh, no, we just, I worked with them like freelance on a couple videos. But Auto-Tune the News wasn't under their banner. Well, actually, they were really generous and it's really like the reason... Um, a big reason that that went viral is we double posted it. It actually, I, I posted it on Shmoyoho and at the same time I was about to do a collaboration with them and I sent it to them and said, Hey, why don't we do something like this format? It's kind of funny to be like a mashup instead of trying to be like super structured. And they said, this is great. Can we just post it on our channel and we'll link to you? And so they did. So it actually went viral when they posted it and, but they linked back to our channel very generously. But then you kept putting auto-tune the news on both channels for a while. Yeah, we, we kept double posting for probably about eight more episodes. Okay. And then at a certain point, you've got to branch out. Like, I can, you know, I can see in revisiting, you know, five years ago. Well, the first auto-tune the news number one was six years ago. And then five years ago... The first songify this auto tune cute kids and Kanye pops up, <laughs> oh, which is a simple title. We did, um, <laughs> which yeah, that we did. blew up more. Mm-hmm. I mean, auto tune really blew up, but it was on the barely political channels where it really like went to through the stratosphere. I think looking at the views, mm-hmm. but then you kind of it seemed like you were you you had to figure out a way to iterate on the concept. Well, we did it's like not a, a flash year. In the pan, right? We did a year of auto tune the news exclusively, and then. After that year, we were like, this is a lot of work for one video. Well, actually, I think the Kanye video came out that same year. Oh, Because, okay. yeah, that was like the 2009 VMAs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at the end of that year, yeah. I guess. And then, that's, and then that next summer was when, uh, was it the, the Double, Double Rainbow? Rainbow song, or yeah. was it the uh, five years ago Strut That Ass? Which one? Was Strut, the Strut That Ass was after Double Rainbow. Yeah, I think Double Rainbow yeah, was so first. So Double Rainbow was first. So we Double like, Rainbow was the first, like, let's take this one particular subject. thing that happened. Yeah. And yeah, this Obama one thing. sings kick ass song was before Double Rainbow. What? Oh, bam. Really? Yeah. That was a huge it one was for three, us. It was two videos before it. What? And then you did Auto Tune the News number 12, and then you did Double Rainbow song. So, yeah, so Double Rainbow was the first time that we, we were like, oh, we could do this not with Political. news. Yeah. The Obama yeah. video was big, and it worked really well because it was a single subject type of thing, and, yeah. it's, and it's also really funny because and Obama... he's a pretty good accidental... Yeah, singer. and he's talking about how he wants to kick somebody's ass, so that's already hilarious. Uh, so people really liked that one, but the Double Rainbow video was the first time that we were like, you know what, we could just look at a viral video as a subject for a Something song. Something that's awesome on its own. Mm-hmm. On its own, and on the internet. awesome... Squared, right? And but at the time, like we had gotten somewhat big through Auto Tune the News, but we still felt like, oh, we're just a, another guy out here doing stuff on in the wild west of YouTube. The Double Rainbow song like took off so big that that was the first time that we got this picture. Like, oh, we're starting to be 
one of the larger fish in this pond of, you know, YouTubers or whatever, we can't just be going out there and, and remixing or whatever and then, and then walking away. So that's when we started like trying to build relationships with people and we reached out to Bear, the double rainbow guy. Right, because that was the first time that you were like doing something non-political. So, okay, news footage is one thing, but you're like, this right. is a person who made a video. Correct. Right. So, you, so you made that call. Yeah. What, what, how did that go and what did you say? Well, it's it like was, the the video came out, and then it's like he, the reaction to it was so immediate. And but you mean when you called the double rainbow guy? Yeah, right. And, and but it was it was after the video came out. Came out. We were like, oh, we're we're just making this video. Michael had it out within, um, I don't know, a couple days of when it had gone. The original had gone viral okay. via a Jimmy Kimmel tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the reaction to it by the audience was so immediate. Um, you could see the size of the reaction and, and people were like, I want to have this on my iPod. I want to listen to this while I wash my dishes. I want to use this voice when speaking <laughs> about what I want. <laughs> Somebody just punched me in the throat. Oh. <laughs> but but I, I thought you were about to say that you called Bear before you auto-tuned it. Or like, what was the sequence of events? We well, that's that's what we that's what we do now. But because this was the first time, it's like we didn't have that in mind. And right, because yeah, yeah, yeah. of the reaction, we were like, "Oh, we got to get a hold of this guy. We like we got to talk. Uh, we got to okay, talk this out. It. Yeah, we got to talk this through." And so then it was. It was at VidCon actually because we put out the video right before the first VidCon, and I think I remember as I remember we were at VidCon being like, "We've got to get a hold of Bear. Like we need to talk with him and like make sure that this is cool." And um, and we got a hold of him through like you know the YouTube messaging system at the time, right? And he's like the nicest guy in the and world. And he's like the nicest guy yeah. in the world. And, and I five think years as soon later, as he realized, he's here at this yeah, VidCon just, just walking being around. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. So so after we talked with him is when we put the song up for sale on iTunes and just went fifty fifty with him on proceeds of the of the song. That's at thirty six yeah. million views now, five years later. Uh, one, two, three, four videos later was the Bed Intruder song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, guys, I mean, I remember Double Rainbow came out here, and then you guys did the show, and, like, it was amazing. It was like, amazing. The chills, they were, like, singing the song. It was, like, awesome. But then the you followed it up, basically, with this Bed Intruder, which is now at 128 million <laughs> Okay, views. so tell us about that, because that's Antoine, right? That's, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So he's a different character than Bear. Yeah. Uh, and you would also kind of change your policy for when you make contact, right? So so tell us how, how well, that At went. the time, we were still just doing videos. So we just did the video. That was probably within two days. Uh, but again, I guess we felt like if we were going, I mean, when, the, when we realized the reception was so huge and people really wanted to buy this song and own it, we were like, it's not, we we gotta we gotta connect with the yeah and you're, the you're you're doing a favor and yeah really so for him, you know? so we um it was really hard to get in well it was, it was pretty hard well to get he touch was probably getting them. hit up on yeah. like all sides like yeah. crazy so we put out uh, the bat signal like after we put out the video and we were like oh this video is getting a lot of attention uh, you know we really need to contact Antoine see if this is cool and and if he wants to just do the same thing we did for Double Rainbow because we hadn't done that again at the time. So we put out the bat signal, which was just a huge annotation, <laughs> classic annotation. At the beginning <laughs> of our video, video, it just said, Antoine, email us at Antoine1hit at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> that was it. And it worked. And, and Within how a many day. other emails did you get? It was like a cousin, a bunch. a bunch. But like finally, we were like, wait, I think this might be the real deal. It was how like, could you tell? It was, well, it was a cousin of his. 
right? Yeah, there were a few dubious emails, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think this <laughs> one was like, I am Antoine's is cousin. Like, why don't you tell me what you want to talk to him about or whatever, and I'll see if I can put you in touch. And so we got in touch. And then how did that conversation go? Well, I mean, it went pretty well, as I recall. He was like, yeah, let's split it. And um, and I think even by that, I'm not sure if it was by that point or, or soon after, but he was like, oh, yeah, that song's my ringtone. I love you guys. I'm trying to figure out, you know, you guys had to start to deal with your own success, right? I mean, you had to figure out, well, we've got to iterate on this thing, and we've also got to branch out. This is not the breadth of who we are as artists. We're also a band. We also have... You know, how did you start to deal with that? What were those conversations like? I mean, we're that, still having yeah, we're them. still having those conversations every yeah. day about like, you know, what do we want to pursue? Because we we have our our main thing, which is creating songifications that like our our audience love. They want they want to see that. Um, but we still have all these other side projects. We play in other bands, and we have a second channel where um, you know, like our our more in depth super fans want to go see us do whatever. Um, but striking that balance of how much you, energy you put into one project versus another is like a, a constant balancing act. And you guys were working on a TV project for a while too, right? There was a, yeah. a show that you were developing. Right. So, I mean, having success on YouTube, as you know, gets turns into tons of asks from around YouTube, but also traditional media. And so we I mean, had, you guys are auto-tuning the Oscars. Yeah, we did. Like, a, we, that was huge. We produced a segment for the Oscars one year, which was just in our own idiom, taking clips of movies and put them into a montage as if those movies had been musicals it was really well received it was in an other an otherwise somewhat dark year for the oscars when james franco and anne hathaway hosted and was uh not well received and so i think our segment was seen as sort of a bright spot but i remember seeing that and i didn't know you guys were doing it ahead of time not like we talked every week right you never called you, you After that Bruno incident, yeah, <laughs> it was it was awkward. You didn't but know how to. Uh, it was so exhilarating to see that, and it's like, I either someone has totally ripped you guys off perfectly, or <laughs> you actually just did a segment on the Oscars. We yeah. got a lot of. Um, we weren't allowed to really tell anyone about it, and 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 the way the Oscars work is that you know they they have dozens and dozens of segments produced ready to go. And then, you know, inevitably the speeches run long and they have to cut Oh, so many or You didn't whatever. even know if it was going to so air we didn't until know you watched right. the Oscars. Yeah, that's right. But I think we found out like literally like right when the Oscars went to air or something that, that we were had, had a good chance, but we didn't tell anyone. So then our phone started blowing up and being like, the Oscars ripped you up. Oh, yeah, right. You know? I mean, as you can imagine, there is so much protocol around making a piece for oh, the Oscars. Oh, You're I going imagine. through so many layers. <laughs> and I've, I've almost forgotten about this because it's been three or four years now. But uh, originally, the idea was we're producing a musical number that the hosts are going to sing. And they're going to sing a duet with like auto tune clips of the yeah. the movies are going to play over their heads and they're going to sing and the movie will respond. And it's like as if it's a live musical thing that's happening. It was so complex. And so so we wrote that whole segment. That's a thing that existed that will never be seen. And but it was so complicated that, OK, how are we going to teach this to James Franco and Anne Hathaway? So we shot a whole video of ourselves wearing a sign that says like James and Anne, where, <laughs> where we're singing the parts like instructionally 
so that they could learn it and then perform it live on stage. And then it was like, this is this is too hard. They're like, they can't yeah, do this. Very, yeah, they're really having trouble enough hosting. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna throw this at them. It's this, a pretty complicated segment. And I remember on one demo, I played the part of Scorsese giving them like a standing O, like, <laughs> just like put that in in the bit. So obviously, it ended up being just like a standalone thing. Was, right, right. You guys obviously continue to um, do more of the songification of things and you branch out into other areas. But given the, just the nature of the internet, I mean, there's this, there's probably not going to be another bed intruder moment, right? There's not going to be another, because it's not going to have the same freshness that auto tuning something had three or four years ago. Right. But like the Shia LaBeouf thing comes out, like they put, it's the green screen thing. And I see that and I'm like, all right, the Gregory Brothers have to songify this, which you did, right? What yep. you, is that what you're getting at? Well, What's your interaction? Well, and then like, okay, with but, that when you see that, it's like, oh, we yeah. got well, do your, do your eyes roll, or you're like, yes, <laughs> at this point. That was sort of handed to us on a silver platter. Just do it. Nothing is impossible. Just do it. Yesterday you said tomorrow. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. But I'm, I guess what I'm, I'm kind of getting at is like, there's this because the inter, the way YouTube works has changed so significantly that like there's this like initial wave in which like okay, right place, right time, this is going to go through the stratosphere, and then there's more like okay, well we are, this is what we do, this is what we're known for, this is how we provide for ourselves, and we're good at it, and we're going to continue to do it, but. We're, it's not just because it's physically impossible at this point, given the nature of the internet, for something to be that novel, right? right. In the way that it and was in 2010. Then. I mean, you're you're exactly right. In 2010, like the novelty factor of that was just peak because nobody had seen it before, right? And so there was, you know, there was a song crafting, but then mostly it was just like, what is this? Like, I've it's totally new. And I, uh, I mean, it's almost like I feel like there was some time in in uh, a caveman civilization. When some dude like started singing and everybody's like, oh man, what, what the hell? What is he doing? Like, a, like brain explosion. I can't believe yeah, this. Right. And then like, you know, 10 years later, he's like still singing and they're like, yeah, like, hey, why are you still singing? You know what I mean? Like at some point, like singing. Because now everybody's like, singing. Yeah. yeah now now, now it's like a thing. Singing. Now everybody's still singing. Now it's still a thing. I feel like it's just like another, you know, art form that is going to exist and with that will always have like hits and non-hits. You know does what it, I mean? Does it change the anticipation that goes into the process? Because there was probably a moment in which, uh, you know, when you were working on the Bed Intruder song after having done Double Rainbow, you were like, oh man, this is yeah. going to, this is going to explode. And now just given the nature of YouTube, it might be a little bit more like, this is going to be really good, but like, let's not get our hopes up because YouTube's different now. Does that go into it? Yeah, the environment's totally, yeah, definitely different. So you have different um, expectations but even at the time, there was no precedent for either the Double Rainbow song or the Bed Intruder song. So, so with either right. of those, like, yeah, we definitely had hopes. Like, I, I hope people like this, but never in a million years would we have said, like, well, this is 100 million views for sure. <laughs> right, yeah, you still never know. Right. Now, because the novelty isn't there, um, we would, you know, never expect a, me a mega hit like that. 
But some things do break out and some things are really shareable. Um, but we don't rely on that for our day to day. It's like, oh, let's just stay in the game and be consistent, and right. and we can make episodes of Songify the News that are more like about the comedy of us like commenting on stuff. And then if right. we want to try, you know, something viral, let's let's do that as well. But you know, our, our audience is still there and they they still like it. So you know, we've been we made a lot of episodes this year, right? right. And the nature of virality is shifting too. I mean, it's always very nebulous. We're we're all inventing it as we go along. And I'd say like some of the biggest things we did this year are like the, the Kimmy Schmidt song and on YouTube, it's like, it's doing well, but I'd say it probably has been seen the most on Netflix. And then we did this one video for a hit record on TV that got, you know, 10, 10 million views on Facebook and on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. it's got like a, like a good amount of views, but it's not like, completely blown up you know so now it's like you never know where people like which community is going to find that so what's the plan moving forward uh and this like the strategy and where does songify fit into that well you guys sit down like gregory brothers meeting here's a whiteboard we're we're mad at each other and we're fighting and we're throwing felt markers and we lock ourselves in the room deciding on stuff we schedule being mad at we always schedule yeah. getting angry at yeah. each other for yeah. Thursdays. That's angry day. <laughs> angry right. day. Is there family meetings? Let's take a, there an, is, an emotional. Yeah. There's a work meeting. Like not work meeting. I'm talking like, hey, w- there's some emotional tension here. Oh no, that's two of way, us are married. Way, way too healthy. There's we two. Really do. <laughs> are there are there explosions? Are there emotional explosions? No, there's there's just like internal angst, and then one of us disappears for a couple weeks, and then we resurface. But I have to fine. think that deals with it personally. Oh yeah, but Sarah being there, that's got to be a good dynamic. I think that you being there, <laughs> I think it probably helps with any potential friction between three brothers, right? I mean, it's that's got to. Did you, you guys? Gotta, did you guys like really have knocked down, drag out fights before I came along, and you're just on the on your best behavior still after six years? <laughs> I mean, it's primarily passive aggressive. I would say, yeah, yeah, the the, the way we like, you know build up some tension about like man andrew said that he was gonna have this video edited today he's over there reading reddit and he didn't do his dishes (laughs) (laughs) it was a salsa bowl in the sink unwashed (laughs) right yeah that's a big deal yeah (laughs) yeah now we have we have plenty of uh you know business meetings where we're talking about okay we got these 10 videos we want to make which ones are we working on this week you know whatever and we, we you know we'll we'll go through those with weeks of regularity without ever talking about you know, feelings we did institute an annual meeting i recommend this for everybody this sort of like um it is is definitely business you know focused where we do like the the big picture sort of like goal setting and dreaming and stuff and reviewing of previous the previous year and just this year so so we hash out a lot there like i've really been pissed over this last year about this thing that you do (laughs) wow (laughs) but this year this past year was the first time i made us take personality tests specific to how you interact with other people and so we did a little bit of that and just, I mean, it's like, it's stuff we already know, but it's... What, what else did you determine besides you're the only one who likes personality tests? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, pretty much that. Uh, we, well, we, we, uh, we kind of locked in on the fact that, like, Michael and I are actually the extroverts in the, I mean, introverts in the group. 
mm-hmm. Andrew and Evan are the extroverts. Um, that, but that uh, yeah, oh, that Andrew's an initiator. He's he's like our he's like our team coach. Like he'll he he can like help us encourage. He can encourage something to the finish line. Michael likes to work alone, which is you know tough that you have to work with three people. I don't know what else do we learn. That's it. That's pretty much yeah. it. Thanks, guys. I'm glad it I'm glad it really uh, stayed with you. It's very fruitful. Very fruitful. So I don't know. We we you know we try to we try to go there and kind of hash it out every once in a while. But I have to say, I feel like we're all pretty lucky. We work pretty well together. And and this is a question that we ask to any any groups that work together, and it's usually a, a duo that we ask this question to. But you know, is this a this is a forever thing. We're gonna work together in some capacity forever, or it's just like, we each, we, you know, this is great, but we've got our own things that we want to branch out and try. I know you guys already do a lot of things, sort of, you know, different projects, but is there just a sense that there's there's a, a natural end to it, or is it just like, no, this is something that we're always gonna maintain? I'm really curious to hear your answers, but I'll just answer <laughs> first, because that's what I do. Um, I think none of us like to say no to anything ever. So I think that there's just this sense that we'll just keep doing it and do other things. Um, you know, we, there's a, there's like a connection to a community that keeps us really tied to what we're doing. And then obviously like pride in what we've built together and being connected to one another. And it's like, you've put in all of this time to like, learn how to work together and it would be such a shame to throw it out the window but um i don't i don't foresee a time that any of us would ever be like i'm out except that i just had a baby and i'm like "Mm, i like hanging out with the baby more than you guys (laughs) yeah so there's that but i'm still i'm still in the office we would have to get brother divorced if we're gonna stop working right yeah that's an official i know a lawyer who can do that who specializes in sibling divorce Whoa. (laughs) whoa i don't know what do you guys i'm really curious to hear your answers I mean, honestly, I think it's somewhere in between. I think we will work together indefinitely as long as it keeps working. But, you know, six years ago, we never would have said, um, like, oh, this YouTube thing is definitely going to be a career. And and we're still at a point where it's like, how long is this going to, you know, keep happening until the environment totally changes and the the money doesn't work or or we get, uh, you know, an offer to go, you know, some, somewhere else. Like maybe we move from this to another medium or another platform or, or whatever. It's so different now than it was five years ago or ten years ago that um, we we can't possibly predict what the career is going to be like. But um, right now, we we still really enjoy making videos together, so we're definitely going to proceed with that while we also try to uh, make TV over here, make music over here and just dip our toes into all the different things. Mm-hmm. Well, keep dipping and, uh, keep us, keep us, um, keep us in the mix relationally. We want to ha- add other, keep us uh, in the mix relationally. <laughs> other data points to our, uh, we to our a lot, lot of different ways. That was my first line to Sarah. Did you know that? <laughs> keep me in the mix relationally. <laughs> just got one request. When you go back to Texas, mm-hmm. you'll just keep me in the mix relationally. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, guys. Thanks for having oh, us. Oh, man. Come over for nachos anytime. You oh, missed yeah. it, Andrew. We'll watch, we'll watch Boogie Nights together. It'll be great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> There it was, our uh, conversation with our friends, the Gregory Brothers. 
let them know what you thought. Hashtag Ear Biscuits. Tweet at them. Their handle is Gregory Brothers, not the Gregory Brothers, just Gregory Brothers, because that's a lot of letters, and Twitter only lets you go so far, and that's enough. I, I mean, why do they need the? Well, they don't. I don't. I mean, you may not be able to fit the. Isn't there a limit on how how long your Twitter handle can be? That's exactly what I was just saying. Oh, um, well, you weren't listening to me. I just thought that you said it was too many. I didn't know you, oh. it was too many. Just because like philosophically, oh. or like <laughs> you know, is there a is there a philosophical just, limit to how long a Twitter handle should be, or is there a technical limit? Both. And and yeah. what and do they converge? Are they the same? Yes. That's my question. Yes. And do you know what the answer is? Because you don't seem to. Gregory, if you count the letters in Gregory Brothers, I'm betting that's it. And you add at least, at most three, you're gonna get there. And if it was one less, then it would have been Gregory Brothers with a like B-R-O-T-H-A-S to get rid of the R. Yeah, that would be confusing. Um, now, I like the fact that this came full circle. You know, when we went up to visit them in 2009, we recorded them. We recorded an interview with them. On your iPhone. Yes. The and, voice memo. And thing, now like we, we have, talked about. I think, significantly upgraded the recording quality uh, in our approach but to it's, everything. I think, you know, that itch that we scratched because you had the voice memo, said, oh, you know, I would like to just do a, an audio interview. Yeah, it's. And are those still available it's somewhere? It's full circle. I think if you go to, the Rentling community, right? They no, were on no, the Rentling community at no, some no. point. It was on when we had a blog on our website. Mm -hmm. I think we did it that way. So if you, can I don't know. I don't. You, you can try to dig those up. But do you remember we also, you know, who we also talked to that visit? You remember um, Allison Fishman, who the voice for the voice for Swedish meatballs or whatever she did on the. <laughs> who we ended up connecting with her on our old Rhett and Link cast live, and she taught us how to make guacamole over the phone, which we fed to a hawk, which you weren't supposed to do because it could kill it. Anyway, it didn't die. The hawk's okay. But when we went to New York to talk to the Gregory brothers, we also sat down and had a meal with her and recorded that. But and now I, we find a way that didn't make sense. You know, for us just to post. <laughs> a picture and an audio interview on our website. We are now doing that. I think we can credit the Gregory Brothers to some degree for the, for us doing Ear Biscuits. Let's do that. We okay. have the right to do that. Okay, so they were they were on the first ever uh, primordial version of Ear Biscuits, which was just your iPhone. Yeah, and six years ago. And they were the first in-studio guests on Good Mythical Morning. That's they a, were. That is a fact. They sat on that weird futon that I had in the garage where was, we had our set. There's not enough room for all that. And Andrew wasn't there then either, I don't think. Andrew has a way of slipping away. Or, you know what, I. No, he was there. I think he was there, but Sarah wasn't Sarah there. Sarah wasn't there. I can't remember. I can't remember either, but it was awesome. You know, they're all Gregory's. Well, three of them and then one of them married into it. But you know, I mean, we're just trying things. Let's just say we're ahead of our time. Yeah? Or that we tried it and it didn't work and now it's finally working. Well, Let's just say it, I, I, it'll I, sound more self-deprecating. Okay. We also, if we would've known auto-tune and, and we would've gone a lot further with some other things we tried, like we took people's words verbatim and turned them into song and we did that for Alexis Cohen, the American oh, Idol and song. and you're saying that if we had auto-tuned it that we would have been the Gregory Brothers? We could have been the Gregory Brothers. Oh, man. And I'm so glad that we didn't know auto-tune because they're, they're so awesome at it. Because then they wouldn't exist. No, oh, that's pretty wouldn't. presumptuous. No, no, no because. That's pretty presumptuous. Uh, okay, so let me go on record <laughs> in saying that I'm glad that we didn't do it because it would have sucked. Okay, that's and a then we would have looked it. stupid when they did it, and they yeah. were awesome. So thanks to the Gregory Brothers for doing things the right way and uh, in a way that we wouldn't have done, and giving us all millions of us entertainment 
uh, and in not just the past, the present, but also the future. We're excited about what you guys are doing, and and thanks for coming on the Ear Biscuit. Well, you're talking to them right now. Yeah, I, I usually Never don't do that, that but you know what? They they're going to listen to this, right? And thank you. F- no, they won't. I mean, I wouldn't listen so. to myself for over an hour. The chances of them listening. listening to it go up really high because there's four of them. So at least one of them will, and then one of them will tell all the rest of them about it. And they'll probably divide it up. Like, I'll take the first 25%. Okay. And, you know, yeah, they probably do. So everything one like of that. them's listening to the end of this. Right. So, um, and I like to think that it's Michael. I don't know why, because he seems like he's, because he's the youngest. He, they make him do everything last. Oh, they make him do everything. <laughs> um, Thank you guys for listening and uh, for staying to the to the bitter end here with us. Uh, the music's playing us and away. And it is a bitter end. It is very bitter. But uh, we'll be back at you next week speaking into your ear holes. Mm. and um, Canals. Can we say canals? Ear canals. Ear canals. We'll be rowing up your ear canals <laughs> this time again next week. In a romantic canoe. And but, the, the time is really whenever you so choose. Yeah, you choose it. You make it happen. It'll be six more years from now. What, pre- right. what president's being auto-tuned right now? Who knows?